Hello and welcome to the Science of Footy podcast. As always, you're back here with your host Liam and Bill, here to talk bye weeks this week. We've been through the first bye and we're coming into the second one, Bill, and teams have dropped and it's a bit of carnage out there for super coaches. Yeah, Thursday night team drop. Uh, also got the game on tonight, which is good, Adelaide, Richmond. But yeah, main talk point, probably those teams that have come out and um, yeah, leaving us both in a bit of strife here. I think Robbie Young um, getting dropped has, has put us both with 17 players. Yeah, I had Rocky as well, who I assumed was coming back this week, and he didn't. We both heard Stocker's injury during the week. He's going to miss a month, and we both assumed that he was going to be in our team's first buys. So it turns out no matter how hard you try and plan for these buys, you just might get caught out, and it looks like we're some people at the moment who, you know, we tried to plan for these things, but having a few players out who should have been on our field, and we might be copying zeros now. Yeah, I think it's going to hit a few this week. Um that mid-buy always looked like the worst for a lot of people, especially those running a Grundy Gorn in, in the ruck, bad for them. And, um, yeah, obviously a lot of just key primos around the place are missing this week um, with, obviously, Swans players, Lloyd and Heaney, your Cats players up, Ford, Cali, Dangerfield, uh, Hawkins and co, Hearn down back. So there's just a lot of key premiums out this week and, yeah, a lot of people are going to be feeling the crunch, I think. Uh, hopefully everyone out there listening can still field an 18, though. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the goal for these buys. You just need to get, you know, any sort of a warm body on the field that you can. You got your three trades a week, so you can use those as well. And we've got a few options this week of some players that you can bring in, both on the rookie front and the premium front that could help you out. Maybe if you're looking like taking a zero or two using those three trades to get some players on field. We have some options this week. Bill, are there any rookies that people can look at from those team drops who did make the cut that you can see as as good options to trade in this week? Yeah, I guess probably the saving grace um, this week is that there are a few rookie options. Um, unfortunately, I'm actually making three trades and still copying that zero. So I've brought in a few rookies. Um, Brett Bewley from uh, Fremantle already had the buy, so that's pretty handy. Um, hasn't scored amazingly, but I think his spot is relatively safe for a few more weeks. And then uh, going early on Patrick Nash um, playing tonight, which is always a bonus, so that's good. Um, but... There's also that Richmond, sorry, the uh, the Don's fellow, Clark, Dylan Clark, um, could go early on him as well. Uh, he was named. So, yeah, that's probably the saving light for people who are faced with a few zeros. You can use those three trades to, to bring a few rookies in um, or obviously premiums who had that first buy as well. Yeah, exactly as you mentioned. We've got a few players there in the midfield where if you're looking to downgrade there, you do have options. Probably Brett Bewley, you mentioned, is the safest of the lot. We've seen him play two games. His scoring might not be as high, but we've heard a lot about him in the preseason. He's performing his role in his team, and he's likely to probably keep his spot. So if you're looking for some job security and a cheaper price at the 117, he's a good option. I think Nash has probably shown that he's got really good scoring potential in that Richmond team, but again, he's somebody with the buy to come. So he's got a bit of a negative around that because if you bring him in this week, then Richmond is going to miss as of next week. And then you've got Clark, who you mentioned, who scored a 99, shut Cripps down, did a fantastic job. But the coach was like, oh, came in to do a role of tagging, might not even play this week. He's, you know, coming in to play a role, might not back it up. So got some options there and it really depends on who you're willing to bank on for which weeks if you need a long-term player. If you just need someone this week. 
and it's probably someone that we should mention as well is that Gardner bloke from the uh, mid-season draft from the Dogs. He'll be coming into his second game, lining up there at centre-half forward. So if you're looking to downgrade in your defence and your forwards, uh, here's another option for people out there. So I guess um, one of the talking points of the week is this is Gorn's uh, bye week or Grundy's, I guess, if you're one of the people who started without Grundy. But I think more commonly people started without Gorn. Um, and yeah, it just looks like, so obviously he's not going to price change this week with the buy. And, uh, turns out those of us who waited to bring him in uh, until now are actually going to be paying more than the starting price, which is, um, it's pretty nuts. Hey. Yeah. We both started the year and we're like set and forget. And then the closer it got to deadline, we're like, nah, we'll get somebody who'll be able to rise in price and go on or drop in price and we'll pick him up later. <laughs> It wasn't the case. He's super expensive at the time we wanted to pick him up. It looks like set and forget was definitely the way to go. But in terms of people jumping to Gorn, he is expensive, but some people have been quite lucky with these team drops having Riley O'Brien. After Source came back in the VFL, scoring 200 Supercoach points over and over, playing fantastic footy, to have Riley O'Brien have lasted all this way as your um, rut cover this week for your Gorn or Grundy, Really fantastic for those Rob owners that he was able to make it there. You're a Rob owner. Are you, you know, ecstatic or still a bit worried about making that jump next week? Well, so I'm a Rob owner who who happens to have him on the field. So it was, um, yeah, even more of an issue for me if he missed. I was going to have to jump early on Gorn and then just cop the buy that I was trying to avoid um, in the first place. So that was obviously a disaster scenario for me. Um, now that he's playing up until the, up until the buy, that's good. Um, thankfully, he put up a ton last week to keep his price from dropping. Um, I'll be able to bring in Gorn because I've I've planned for this and I have uh, almost $400,000 sitting in the kitty ready for that upgrade, um, a few upgrades really. But yeah, it's going to cost me a, a good 300000 to go from Rob to Gorn. So um, it's, it's a hell of an upgrade. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic point that you've made there where you've been stashing money away for this because you know it's coming. So anyone out there who is running Rob as your R2 and needing to make that jump, you got three trades this week. And if you're not planning on using them all, I'd probably recommend to people out there to take a downgrade to one of these midfield rookie options that we've mentioned, bank a little bit more cash because it might come to next week and you're trying to get there and you know you just fall short of that jump to Gorn and you don't want to end up in that situation. So you'd rather use a trade this week and make sure you've banked a bit of cash so that when you get to next week, you can make that jump. And the same can be said for anyone who's looking to bring in Gorn or Grundy from any of these players. Like I'm a Goldstein owner trying to make the jump. It's still a big you know, gap to, gap to get to between. And if you've got three trades, maybe you want to make sure you've got enough to make that upgrade already. And then you can still do a down and up next week because there might be other holes that you're going to have to fill to make your 18 as of the next buy. Yeah, um, it's going to be tough for getting in Gorn. And as well as Gorn, there's a few other premiums who are on the buy this week that people, if they don't own them, are probably looking to bring in. Um, specifically, probably Jake Lloyd, uh, Shannon Hearn, or Tim Kelly, I think, uh, would probably be the three that a lot of people would have their sights on, if not already in their teams. And they're all floating around that almost 600k mark. So the same concept probably really applies there. You might not be able to do it in one upgrade and um, best to stash the cash if you can. Yeah, definitely. And I think the point on that is you do have these expensive options that you want to bring in. 
But we've also got these rookies that we're going to probably be looking to jump from. So at the moment, the rookies that I've still got on field are your Hawes, Dersmers, your Walshers, these types who they're still performing at a pretty high level. We saw Walsh go 140 plus on the weekend. So he's still scoring highly and making a bit of money. Dersmer too, backing up a couple of big scores. So with these players that are really high and you're making that jump, I wouldn't be too opposed to holding a Walsh and a Dersmer in these types for a few weeks longer because they're scoring pretty well and if their prices are still on the rise, you might be able to hold them for a couple of weeks post-buy without bleeding too many points and then be able to make that jump to these really expensive premiums at a bit of a, a better price point that might let you save some money and like actually get there with one trade instead of you know banking up two or three. Is, is that something that people can look at doing for these people coming off the buy next week? Yeah, absolutely, especially if you're still holding Walsh. Um, <clears throat> few of us jumped off when he, he reached what we thought would be his peak at 450-odd. Um, and then he did go down, but as you said, he, he put up 141 on the weekend, so break-even now at 55, um, projected to be 482 after the next price rise. Um, yeah, just I reckon based off that break-even, you'd imagine that he gets to about 500, um, 500 plus, so... He's almost a straight trade. You might even make cash off him and be able to jump onto someone um, like Matt Crouch or someone, for example. So, yeah, he's just been an absolutely fantastic rookie. So this week, to lift our spirits a bit there, for some people who aren't in as dire conditions as we are, struggling to make the 18, some people are looking at doing some upgrades, which is what we love around the buys. And something that we've been preaching all the way back to our buy podcast before the buys is that if you really want to optimize the amount of scoring that you get done throughout the buys, these next two weeks are the ones where you can really jump from players who are going to miss a game to players that have already played their buy. So you're effectively getting somebody who's going to get you an extra week score. You don't really want to be trading in people from the next buy round because, you know, effectively, if they're going to miss next week, you can pick any option that you think will get you that point differential back. So say if you're going to trade in someone that's going to miss one week and you think a player from last buy will be within, you know, that sort of five to 10 point averages for the rest of the year, it might be worth bringing in that person that's already played their buys. And particularly down back, there's a couple of really good options. Bill, are there some main premiums from the back line that you can see this week being really good trade-in targets? Yeah, backline's probably the easiest one, I'd say. Um, I'm personally going to jump off Hoare because he's got that buy, as you mentioned, even though he's got a little bit more cash to make. Um, just trying to avoid zeros here. So I was looking at the backline quite closely, and I ended up picking really between uh, Ryan and Sicily, I think, are the two um, ones that have already had the buy. They're in that sort of you know top six or close enough-ish range that people should be looking at them. Um, and then, yeah, it probably just comes down to how much cash you have. I think I'm probably going to go for Ryan. He's only 6% owned. Um, and, you know, I think he's fourth or fourth or fifth on the defenders list. Um, so to get someone who's in the top six at 6% owned, um, probably expected to rise a bit because that's who I'd be telling people to jump on, I think. Yeah, it's a bit of a, uh, it's a really good head to head, actually. It's a really hard one to pick. They've both sort of got really different scoring patterns at the moment, but it's a bit about the do you go for the shit haircut in Ryan or just the like shit face in Sicily. Just every time I see Sicily, all I can think of is that line uh, from the Will Ferrell movie of like, you're just going to need to change your face, so I'll change it for you. Yeah, it's fair enough. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm making the decision less off face and hair. 
um, and more off ownership, I think. So Sicily, still not too highly owned, but I think it's about triple Ryan's ownership. So I think jump on Ryan and, and hope that he puts up a few big scores um, and, you know, can give you that point of difference uh, in the second half of the season. Yeah, I think the other things to take into account with this is, well, first of all, scoring. You need to pick the one that you think will outscore the other for the rest of the year. I really like Ryan at the moment in terms of he's still got that ceiling and he always has where he can pump out that 140s. But at the moment, he's not really dropping the low scores that he used to. So he's going, you know, your 80, 90, 140, 90, 100, 130. And that high ceiling is really bumping up his average. Whereas Sicily is probably getting that more consistent sort of values around the, you know, 90 hundreds, but he's not really hitting those highs that Ryan is. So. Probably the difference there is the fact that Ryan's taking a lot of kick-ins. I think he's top five in the comp for kick-ins this year, whereas Sicily is sort of playing second fiddle to uh, Hardwick down there, some other people taking the kick-ins. So Ryan is getting a really nice boost off that new rule from the kick-ins. Um, but you've got to take into account price as well. I mean, what is it, about $30,000 here, just looking at it now, where Sicily is on the cheaper end, just under $500,000, and... I don't know about everyone else out there, but it's becoming a very difficult time of year to get the money for these trades, and especially if you're trying to do it off one downgrade. That $30,000 could be really important to the other moves that you're doing. Yeah, it could, for sure. Um, the other aspect I think we need to take into account when comparing these two players, and, and one that had a big bearing on my decision, is um, the likelihood that these players will play for you over the next you know half season and um, I think with Ryan you can pretty much assume he'll be there but we've seen Sicily miss a lot of games um, either through injury or suspension uh, in his most recent outing I believe it must have been yeah before he, they had the bye um, they, they played against the Lions and um, I watched him punch McCarthy in the stomach and I mean watching it my immediate reaction was he's gone like he'll get weeks for sure so you know, he hasn't stopped doing those things. He was just lucky that he didn't get suspended for that one, I think. So I'm expecting Sicily to miss, you know, two to three games in that second half of the season um, just due to his inability to, you know, keep a cool head when people are pestering him. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I remember reading an article at the start of the year about how they're cutting down on the gut punches. Uh, I saw that as well. It doesn't seem to be the case. You seem to be able to do whatever you want if you're not going to get suspended for that gut punch. Is anyone going to get suspended out there? No, I don't think so. Like Watching that gut punch, he punched him square in the gut, off the ball, um, and McCarthy was down. Like, he just dropped and was down on the ground for like 30 seconds, you know, helped up. Trainer was there. You're all right. Sort of brushed him away, but ended up going to the bench shortly thereafter and, and spent a little time off. So, you know, like what it, what do you really have to do here? Like I, I remember, was it Michael Christian that, you know, whoever runs the thing at, at one point he said, oh, we were assessing it about damage, you know, it was for also a gut punch. And, oh, maybe if he'd broke a rib or something. And it's like, really? Is that the line that you're going to draw? Like whether or not they break a rib? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But as a Sicily owner, I was very happy with the decision there. It's a very good one, Michael Christian. I needed him this week in my super coach team. Uh, but you mentioned before that you're trading out Marty Hoare um, for one of these guys. Do you think that Hoare is a possible hold target at this stage? He seems to be pumping out these 90 scores every week and seems to be outscoring some of these other players that we're holding, like Brody Smith is a good example who put out a score in the 40s on the weekend. Yeah, absolutely I do. Um, I wouldn't be trading him out if it wasn't for the, the way that the buyers have worked out. I, I kind of need to. 
uh, make the move on him uh, so that I can just really just get as many players. Well, I, in, in my aim was obviously to get 18 this week. Um, seems like I'm only going to get 17 onto the field, but yeah, that's with, with three trades. So he's sort of just had to go for my team. Um, if you are comfortable with holding him and, you know, it won't result in taking a zero or too many zeros or whatever, then um, yeah, I think you can hold Hall for now, keep him at, at D6 because he's outscoring those players, like you mentioned, Smith, for example, who you would otherwise expect to make a pretty good D6. So I would hold Hall as long as you can if it's if it's suitable for your team. So if we move on to another head-to-head from people who have already had the buyers, if people are upgrading in the midfield now, we've got two real premiums there and real staples from our Supercoach teams over years past that are sitting there coming off the buy in Nat Fife um, with the 120 average at 606k and Jack McRae at 570 with that 113 average. Do you have a preference of the two if people are upgrading in the middle? Yeah, um, i got both on my side already, but... If you got the money, again, I'm going to pick the more expensive one here. I would say go for Fife. Um, McRae, I've had him since the start of the season, and he's just really been a bit of a disappointment. Um, you know, he is averaging 113, so that's pretty decent. But in terms of what we paid for him, um, yeah, it's pretty disappointing. I was hoping that he would come out, you know, guns blazing, put up some huge scores and punish those that didn't start with him. And just didn't seem to be the case. There's a few factors there, obviously, Libertore, Bont, having really good years, um, Dunkley getting that midfield time. And he just doesn't really seem to be tackling as much or getting those huge scores for whatever reason um, as he was. So I'd almost be tempted to say not only should you look at Fife, but if you don't have McRae, you should perhaps look elsewhere and, and just hope that he continues to not put up those huge scores because not having him is almost a point of difference that could pay off at this point. It's a very interesting point looking at those highly owned players who you think it might be a point of difference to stay away because there's getting a point of difference and then there's steering away from somebody who's highly owned who might make a drop and your point of differences only work if they outscore who everyone else has. So if you pick someone with a low ownership, you want to do that instead of someone who you think that they can beat in the run home. So McRae is a very interesting one for that. For looking just at these prices here, I see that Patrick Cripps has dropped down to the 576k mark as well. So he's currently priced at a very similar level to McRae. We saw him put out a really huge 194 in, you know, one of the best stats games that you'll ever see with the 38 touches, four goals on the weekend. Rose 33k, so he's about to jump again to back above the 600k. Would you advise people to trade him in this week if they don't have him or not because he's got a buy to come? Yeah, that's it's a really tough question. I mean, first of all, I would sort of question what you're doing if you don't have Crips at this point um, because he has been putting up these scores sort of all year. But um, yeah, that, it's a really tough one because as you said, we don't want to trade in players who have the buy next week. But that said, if you are looking at a pretty comfortable third buy week, then you could afford to take that zero. Then now is probably your last chance to get him at a half decent price. Um you know, that 194 in the system, you'd have to imagine he's back up 600k and, and rising towards the 650 mark um, over the next few weeks. And the forward line, if you're upgrading down there, is actually a really interesting one this week because, as we mentioned in our other podcast, there were a lot of premium forwards who had the buy in the first week. So I'll throw you a shotgun of names here, Bill, um, for upgrade targets. Uh, we've got Travis Boak sitting there at 518k. We've got Josh Dunkley at 556, 
Caleb Daniel at 484, and um, there's a couple more down there, but we might as well stick with those big three who are currently in the top four there with Boak, Dunkley, and Daniel. Do you have any trading targets that you'd recommend from that bunch? Yeah, well, unfortunately, they're all in my team already, but um, I'd probably, I mean, you know, it depends how much cash you have, like all of these things, but looking at those three, I would say that Boak probably offers the best uh, current price to output ratio. Um, you know, he's about 40k cheaper than Dunkley, and he's averaged 10 higher this season. He's had a little bit of a drop off. We all know he started the season on fire with that, you know, averaging 125, 130 almost, but. Still, uh, you know, $500,000, $518,000 for 111 averaging player is, is quite tasty. So if you don't have Boak yet, I think it's time. Um, otherwise, Daniel's averaging pretty similar to Dunk and is a, a pretty decent whack cheaper at the moment. So I'd almost look at Daniel over Dunkley too, despite the fact that Dunkley has been in some really good form. Yeah, it's all, all really good points here. Boke's somebody who I've been eyeing off this whole time and I'm bringing in this week with one of my upgrades, which I was really happy to get him in that 518 price point when he's been well above that for a lot of the year. But Dunkley's a very interesting one for me and is almost my must-have in all of Supercoach because he's got a five-round average of 121.4. You can get a midfielder that'll get you 121.4 over the past five weeks when he's been in the midfield. Looks like staying in the midfield as far as we can tell. I mean, that's captain numbers. That's that's huge scores that you're you're currently getting, and he's on the rise. It's not like he's going to stop at 550. He'll be up near the 600. So really tempting for me to grab Dunkley right now if I don't have him coming off his bye. Yeah, it's an excellent point about his midfield time. Um, I think we both started within this re- this season for this exact uh, reason. I think I made the call preseason that I would sooner cut Heaney from my team than Dunkley, and I remember at the time it was a you know a big call. But I mean, it turns out cutting Heaney from my team would have actually been a pretty good move um, in hindsight. So yeah, I think Dunkley is head and shoulders above pretty much all of the Fords, uh, bar Dangerfield, and it's seemingly Boak. Didn't really expect that. Um, in terms of his uh, scoring capacity, I guess you could probably add Tim Kelly there, but yeah, he's just a, a you know a pure mid playing up forward, not not that sort of half mid like we've seen with Heaney this year, where you don't know where they're going to play, um, or even if they do play in the middle, how they'll score. As soon as you see Dunkley lining up in the middle, you can pretty much lock in a one twenty, which is yeah very rare. Yeah, it's rare on your team, rare on your forward line. I sort of mentioned that he's got those captain numbers in him, but yeah, really looking at those numbers over the last five weeks, it's it's really evident that he can score those captain styles. So he had a 134, a 136, a 130, and a 119 as four of his scores in those last five games. So he is someone who we can potentially throw the captain on. Is there anyone else who's playing for you this week that you're sort of looking at for your vice captains and your captaincy options uh, that you think you can field? Yeah, it's a tough one sometimes in the buys because you've got to make sure you have someone that you can sub on ahead of the game that you're looking at. Um, so I'm, I'm going to try and just play it safe and I think I'm going to vice-captain someone tonight, um, maybe Matt Crouch or potentially Riley O'Brien considering that he'll be coming up uh, against a Nankless Richmond. Uh, and the reason I'm probably going to take a, a bit of a risky one there is because I'm pretty confident in my captain choice um, of Josh Kelly. So playing that last game on the Sunday. Um, so yeah, I'm probably going to try a bit more of an experimental vice captain choice, and then just throw the C on Kelly, and you know, forget about it if if it goes poorly. What about yourself? 
Yeah, that's a really interesting call, Riley O'Brien, because we noticed not only Nank's not playing, but their second choice, Soldo's not playing. So Rob's coming up against Malbol Chol, or however you pronounce that name. Sorry if I butchered that there, but he's coming up against a very raw Ruckman. He, he could go huge. I'm looking at a very similar risky um, Thursday night captaincy in uh, Pasha Hooley as a potential captain there. We've seen him put out big 140 scores, and if Richmond's sort of losing and the ball's in the back line, he might take a lot of kick-ins, get a lot of touches. Could be someone who I can take the risk on, and then there's a lot on Saturday night who I'm pretty confident in. Cripps, after his huge score, playing the Bulldogs, I can see going big. Also, uh, Fife in Fremantle. His scores at Optus this year have been insane, pretty much all of them. I think it's all bar one have been over 125 or something. So he looks like a really good captain option. So I think, again, like you, I'll take that early risk on someone like a Hooli with a big ceiling and then run that into a safe bet like your Fife's or your Cripps there on the Saturday nights who, you know, I'd be pretty happy just taking them anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to go past Crips at this stage with off that 194. So temptation, I guess, to, to put the V on him and, and to see on Kelly. But we'll see. I kind of want to back in uh, ROBs. The last week he'll be in my side. So, yeah, maybe a good send-off. Hopefully puts up a big score. So hopefully we can manage to get enough, uh, you know, big scores on field to cover our potential zeros and that the rookies that we're bringing in with these trades, I know I'm bringing in Buley and Clark, can perform at a high enough level this week to sort of keep me in touch with the, with the pack. Um, we didn't really talk a lot about last week, but I think we both scored in that, you know, high 18, 19, 100 style of range and rose a bit in averages. I rose, I think, up. One and a half thousand spots to about six thousands myself. Did you take a bump last week too? Uh, no, I scored about a hundred less than you did, or seventy less. So uh, ended up dropping, I think, about a one and a half thousand spots, uh, which puts me at about eleven thousand. Yeah, cool. Um, this week might be a different story. We might be able to get some points. Maybe you put the captaincy on Rob and he goes the big 200 and, and pulls out a big jump for you. Um, really interesting time. The buy period just from how players fall is really, really important in how you're able to score. Something else we should mention is that if you are someone who can get more than the 18 on field, you know, get your 19 on field, you've got a bit of security there in case one of your players does score a 10 like Corbett did last week and you can sort of push that out of the averages. It's really, really beneficial to have that extra number on your field. Yeah, absolutely. I had that 10 drop out of mine last week. Um, didn't really help because I had a few other 30s and 40s there, but definitely, you know, pretty keen on uh, on not having that 10 counted. So it's always great if you can have 19 or, or even 20. Uh, hopefully that's the case next week, but looks like we're in for a potential weekend of pain. All right, so the uh, first game of the week is about to start, so we might have to wrap it up early, a bit of a quick-fire pod there. Uh, but, yeah, two more buy rounds to go, and then we're out of the uh, in the clear bill, and uh, hopefully we can be completing our teams quite soon and uh, getting the run home with some big scores coming out the second half of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Keen to, to see how the teams look when we're coming out of those rounds. Um, obviously trying to make a few upgrades there, so... We'll have nearly complete teams once they're done, I hope, and uh, hopefully all of our listeners are in the same boat.